Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. Welcome. Thanks so much for listening today. I am a coach, I'm a hypnotherapist, I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution, and this week I'm talking to Tony Jones, who is an amazing journalist, and she's the founder of The Shelf Help Book Club. That is Shelf Help, not Self Help. She also reviews a self-help book every month for the Evening Standard newspaper. Now I love what Tony is doing to build this amazing community of people who are interested in the common goal of bettering themselves and becoming happier human beings. I love the community that Tony is creating. Definitely check out her Facebook group, The Shelf Help Book Club. And she runs events where people get together like a traditional book club and talk about a self-help book and share ideas and share their stories and share the insights that they're getting from it. And I myself I'm a big fan of self-help books. I have found over the years that self-help books have helped me massively and I've also found that I get a lot of messages from people about my book The Anxiety Solution so I know that this stuff works even though self-help kind of has a bad reputation but it's it's kind of coming back full circle it's becoming cool and relevant again which I love. So I chat to Tony about why there's such an interest these days in self-help. We talk about the benefits of joining a book club and she talks us through her favorite self-help books and this is really really helpful if you're looking for some recommendations. Tony really knows her stuff and you definitely want to be checking out the books she recommends. She also shares the big life changes that she has made personally when it comes to things she's learned from self-help books and she's done a lot of things. She's made a lot of changes. It's quite amazing. So before we get into the episode, I just want to let you know my online program Your Karma Self, my online program for anxiety opens its doors today, which is Monday the 4th of March 2019 and it closes again on the 10th of March. So you've got a week if you want to join. If you're listening to this episode later than those dates, then the course will open again in another 6 months. You can head to karma u.com/program to find out all the details of what I'm covering the program. There are live calls, there are amazing tools to help you to manage your anxiety, there's a supportive community, and it really does give you everything you need to improve your mental well-being and become that calm and confident person that definitely is inside of you. So, I hope you enjoy this episode with Tony Jones. Welcome Tony, thanks so much for joining me today. How are you? 
I'm great. Thank you for having me. Um, I appreciate being here. It's my first podcast, actually, ever. Amazing. Um, yeah, because I've said I've said no I said no to ones before because um, being a journalist for a long time, I think I spend a lot of my time on the other side of the conversation. So I'm usually more comfortable asking the questions and answering them. But um, yeah, I love you. I love what you're doing, and I think um, we're trying to kind of spread a similar kind of message. So I'm really happy to be here, and hope you'll be gentle with me. Brilliant, brilliant. I feel very privileged to be your first podcast. <laughs> um, can you can you just tell us what it is that you do and what has been your journey to, to being where you are today? Okay, um, well, so my name is Tony Jones and I do quite a few different things at the moment, actually. Um, my uh, most pre- previous, most recent full-time job is I'm, I'm, well, I'm a journalist by trade. Uh, at the moment, I'm a freelance journalist and I also organise photo shoots. They're my kind of day jobs. Um, but the thing that I'm most passionate about and what I think I'm here to talk to you about today is um, my book club and uh, community, which is called Shelf Help. And that's all about um, self-help and self-development and kind of connecting people with books and experts and ideas that make themselves like look at themselves in a different way, uh, maybe a more positive way. And then also connecting those people with each other. So um, we run the book clubs online and then also offline we have uh, meetups and author events and um, yeah, so kind of bringing people together really and uh, celebrating self-help, trying to demystify it a bit because um, I think it's brilliant and it's so broad. There's kind of like, there's so much to cover, whether that's kind of like changing your habits or changing how you feel about your, the, your place on the planet. So um, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm spending most of my time doing at the moment actually. And it's, it's really taken off. It kind of started about a year ago. And um, yeah, we're already celebrating quite a few thousand members kind of globally, thanks to the magic of social media. So that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing now, really. Amazing. Amazing. It really has taken off the number of events and your international and all that sort of thing. It's quite amazing. So can you tell us a bit more about your history then? So how, what led you? Why self-help? Why is that important to you? Yeah, well, so um, probably because I just needed a lot of help. <laughs> I think I've spent, um, I spent a long time like most of my life actually probably kind of trying to avoid feelings or trying to not feel things um it probably comes from a childhood of like you know I'm from a really big quite complicated family um my dad was married four times before he died and my mum's been married three times now to like a really great guy that she's been with for 20 years but um I'm now one of 10 brothers and sisters so I think with that comes you know most of whom I get on really well with now some of whom I don't see but uh, I think with that when you're younger comes quite a lot of you know, kind of family dynamics and complications. Um, when I, yeah, my dad was a big drinker. So when him and my mum split, it was kind of me, my mum and my brothers and sisters. So I think I've always taken on a very kind of taken on a lot of responsibility at an early age and felt very much like not nobody really was interested in what I had to say. So the way to deal with that was just either not say anything or just kind of stuff stuff down. Um, and then I think I suppose my kind of journey through life, cho- choosing, I mean, the jobs I had as a journalist, I worked for The Sun for 10 years, and then I worked for The Mail Online for a couple of years. And anyone who knows those um, kind of publications knows they're pretty notorious as being quite, you know, quite a full on place to work. They're kind of, the, you know, top of their game, they're big news, news publications, but again, a very intense kind of situation where um definitely no one cared about your feelings when there was a big story about to break so that's like now kind of now I've done a bit more self-help work I can see that I've made made a lot of choices that kind of put me in situations like that but um yeah so I kind of grew up in the northwest studied business thought I was going to do my mum and my dad always had their own businesses so I very much grew up thinking that's what I was going to be doing um 
graduated from Manchester, got the job in the big business, moved to London, very quickly realised it wasn't really what I wanted to be doing or should be doing. I mean, I've always loved writing and reading. And I think I didn't really know that that was maybe an option of a job. So when I was like living in London and doing the corporate stuff, just was not fulfilling me in any way. And I was watching a lot of Sex in the City at the time. I think I just wanted to be Carrie Bradshaw, basically. So, <laughs> so I think when I was about 23, 24, I jacked my job in. Well, I just left my job and I moved to New York, as Carrie Bradshaw would do. And uh, I went there and I studied, I enrolled in NYU and studied journalism by night. And then that day I was just kind of interning at Forbes, uh, New York Post and places like that. Um, so I did that for a little while which kind of looking back, it's kind of, it was obviously kind of a big, big jump to make and a bit of a risk, but uh, leaving the safe job, but it was, it's all, I just knew it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. So um, I started writing and getting paid for it and loved it. And then, then I came back, um, got a job with The Sun, starting as a sub editor on the features team, working under Dominic and the kind of bizarre showbiz guys. And then I noticed that the fashion team had like way more fun. <laughs> I got to like, wear all the amazing <laughs> clothes and go to the parties. So kind of, um, made friends with uh, Erica Davis, who's now quite a big influencer. So she was she was my boss actually. She gave me my first big break, I suppose, mm. um, in journalism. So started working in the fashion cupboard, and by the time I left, I was fashion editor at the Sun. That was about ten years later. Then uh, moved to the Mail Online because um, I wanted to learn about digital really. And this was about five years ago when Mail Online was really just taking off and turning into the beast that it is now. So um, I learned a lot. It was really intense. It was kind of 12 hour days, getting it to your desk at 7 a.m., leaving 7 p.m., 8 p.m. sometimes, not moving that much, <laughs> definitely no self-care there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I learned a lot about, and um, I wrote a lot and I learned a lot about kind of maybe what I didn't want to do. So I kind of very much had that feeling then more than ever of like, what am I doing? Is this not, it's not making me happy and feeling like I was in quite a toxic environment, you know, maybe not writing stuff that I loved um maybe not working with people whose values were the same as mine so eventually I kind of just got to the point where I'm really lucky my husband was just like just leave and it was almost like permission someone just gave me permission to do something that just we didn't know what I was going to do but we just knew it would be better than doing a job I didn't love so um I kind of made the jump and that and and then it took a while like it's only I mean really just kind of finding my groove now it took it takes a while I think when you've been in a full-on a full-on career and you think you know, success is is the next job up and, you know, promotion and that's progression. And when you're used to being in an environment with deadlines and pressure and then you take yourself out of that environment, then suddenly I had a lot of time by myself. I was sitting at home freelance writing and I'd never had that time. I'd made I'd actually made sure I didn't have that time by myself. So suddenly I'm kind of sitting there getting to know myself, I suppose. And, and I found it really hard. Yeah. <laughs> so self-help was one of the things that really obviously helped me it's one of the things um I also kind of I also did therapy which really it's the first time I've ever just sat down and talked about myself for an hour to someone and I was really rubbish at it at first and I used to spend most of the session asking about the therapist weekend and her kids and what shit was happening but that with the self-help and I also started going to a few support groups like I went to something called Al-Anon which is for um anyone that kind of has has someone in their family or friendship circle who's got a difficult relationship with alcohol and I think I think my dad's like alcohol addiction really affected me so and I didn't really ever give myself time to process that so sitting there in those groups I didn't even really say anything but I just realized there was a real magic in like bringing people together and helping people understand that they're not by themselves and what they think they're going through alone 
quite often, well, mo most of the time, you're not ever alone. Someone else feels the same or has felt the same. So what I what I wanted to do with self shelf help is bring together the kind of elements of self help from the books and the ideas and these new concepts that were kind of changing my life and my my thoughts about the world and myself. And then also this kind of support network, because I feel like it's really magic to be able to do those things together. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of that's the long winded answer to <laughs> why why shelf help and why why self help, I suppose. Amazing, amazing to be able to combine those two things together because from the workshops that I do, people always come away with it and the, the best thing they've come away with is knowing that they're not alone and mm. having that support from other people. And because there's so much shame with things, if you're struggling with anxiety or depression or you know, yeah. you're, you're lonely because you're working alone or something. And actually you yeah, think we're the only ones like that. And almost everyone you speak to will, will understand some aspect of that. There's so many of those universal things that we feel so alone with, yeah. but actually they're, you know, Of course, and I think when you, when you think you've got all the answers or you think, you know, just, and it go around your own head is the is the worst thing. This is what I'm learning, you know. I call myself like a, a recovering undersharer because I'm like, I'm really lucky. I've got a massive, brilliant group of friends. I've got a huge, messy, amazing family. And so I've always had loads of people around me, but I've always been the kind of listener and the one that kind of takes things in. So I think um, just now, even now, when I talk to some of my like best friends, the way I talk to them now is so different than a few years ago because I'll actually tell them what I feel about something. And it take, took a while <laughs> for them to get used to this, the new version of me that might say no to something or might question things a bit more or might just say, I feel crap today and, and I just hadn't really done that before so I think yeah like quite often with the groups or with workshops and things you'd sometimes it's not about being fixed is it it's about um just someone listening to you and hearing you and then also yeah meeting other people who sometimes who might be in a worse position than you which actually helps put things in massive perspective I think yeah yeah I think it's such, such a powerful thing powerful thing to to be able to open up and to share things because I know I think I was the same as you for a long time. I, I really mm. resonate with what you were saying about finding it difficult having therapy. I would literally claw at my legs because I was finding it so awkward to have to talk about myself. The mortifying just kind of the silence. Self indulgence and like, oh, I feel like I need to be asking about you. I can totally relate to that. Um, but thankfully now, you know, it's it's second nature to be able to do that. But I've noticed as well, like with my friends, I'll ask them how they are and it's so easy for it not to get to the deeper conversation where people are so mm. used to saying, yeah, I'm fine, you know, oh, I'm just really busy or this sort of thing. And actually yeah. we need to go deeper because there is so much going on and it's much better to not keep yeah. it inside. Much Absolutely. And these and the meetups, the the, the, the shelf help meetups that um, I'm organising and now we've, I've got different um, people organising them for me. So we're doing a few different ones around the country on the same night, which is brilliant because people come to one and then really see the magic of it. Um, but it, that the meetups kind of as well as the support group element it's because I was I was really noticing that I was going out with friends like people who I love and who I want to see who I might not have seen for a while and we'd all just get like way too overexcited drink loads of white wine not talk about anything really that mattered like maybe moan about work a bit and then you come away kind of you know while I'm reading all these books and learning all these things and I've got I know I've got friends who are in a similar situation to me as in they're kind of more they're interested in learning about themselves but we never kind of gave ourselves time to talk about it so you're there with your best friends and kind of sometimes coming away feeling a bit like dissatisfied or like you don't really know what's going on in their life so what I try and do at the meetups is kind of really foster a just a sense of 
you can just come and just talk about about the about the big stuff really it's like so straight away we kind of like um the book of the month can be about anything like we covered your amazing book and so that is about anxiety and so bringing a group of people together who don't really know each other to talk about anxiety even the fact they're in the room is a big deal for most of them so it's kind of but the pe people there they take so much away from it even if they're not talking that much just listening and hearing the other people's stories i think is kind of it's just really really helpful yeah absolutely and just on the topic of self-help itself what what has surprised you most about self-help books i think i'm constantly surprised because i'm a self-help geek now as i know you are well you can see my self-help <laughs> library i know background. i love it the i'm extensive. jealous, I'm jealous. Um, <laughs> But I'm kind of constantly surprised by how a few words can kind of blow your mind or totally change the way you see something. And I think some people say, I can't believe you read a whole, you know, you're, you're studying a new self-help book every month in this book club. It's too much for me. But it's like if you only take one thing away from a book that could could make your life better. To me, that's just like amazing. And I think, yeah, sometimes I'll just you listen to the right person at the right time. Like I don't know if you do this, Chloe, but. I've definitely gone to books and I wasn't ready for them. Like Tony Robbins, um, Unleash the Giant Within, The Power of Now. They're both books that maybe I started reading six, seven, eight years ago, thinking, I, yeah, I should read these. This, I, I, I know I should, but I wasn't ready to kind of like re receive the messages in them almost. It's like when you're kind of listening to a friend giving you advice and you know the advice is right, but you don't really want to hear it. So I think I'm so amazed that now I can go back to those books and take something totally different. And like when I listened to Brene Brown's TED talk for the first time about she talks a lot about shame and vulnerability. And when I it literally blew my mind. And I just so I think I'm amazed that all this stuff is out there and I didn't know it before. And now I'm just so hungry to get it all. Um, and I'm also I'm also surprised by how I think that I think the reason shelf help has been so successful is because it's so broad and there's so many different people are interested in this topic like i said earlier it, it, i mean self-help is so and self-development is very broad like i went to another book club last night actually called rebel book club uh, and they're all about non-fiction and self-development but maybe more on a kind of um productivity side of things and we did a book called um atomic habits which is all about how to make small changes to your habits and how that will kind of improve your life and the people around the table last night they were so different there was a gaming guy there's some bankers there's me there's some creatives and everyone is talking about a habit that they want to change all completely different and for different reasons and the advice that we were all able to give and share I just find that amazing that you kind of that it's so broad yet like as you said earlier it's so universal like we all want to be better don't we we all, we all want to know understand ourselves more or be more caring to our friends or kind of yeah like I think we I think that the tip the themes are quite universal in self-help but I am have been surprised by how broad the appeal is actually yeah I feel like I feel like almost the word self-help has has in the past been almost like a I don't want to say like a dirty word but I don't know what you think about this almost like it wasn't cool but now it's cool to be into yeah. self-help again I don't know if that's yeah. just my perspective because I'm in that world and it's like yeah, we're totally. It's mean, kind but... of it used to be used to be super naff, didn't it? Mm. And still, I remember when I first started shelf help because I mean I worked for the Sun and then the Mail, so I love a pun. So it's like that to me is just the the, the dream. Yeah. And I'm um, a yogi friend of mine, like a hip, quite hippie yogi. It was like, don't say self help. It's so naff now. You say self development. But I was like, that doesn't. It's not that catchy, is yeah. it? So for me, self help works better anyway. But I think yeah, now, I mean. We're doing the book of the month for January was a Paul McKenna book and it's called uh, You Can Change Your Life in Seven Days. And at the meetup this week, one of the girls came 
and she had um, she'd covered it in brown paper because she just said, "I don't want to be sitting on the tube and everyone thinking, what do you need to change about your life?" She said, "But I kind of feel like we all want to be better, don't we?" But I did. She wasn't ready to kind of like make that announcement, like on the district line, that she was changing her life. So yeah. um, I think there's definitely there's definitely more conversations around it. It's kind of, I mean, like life hacks, you know, like people like Tim Ferriss or some of the kind of I don't know, you know, Seth Godin, these kind of guys that are blogging and writing these amazing books and they're using very non-flowery speak. Like, you know, they're kind of, it's all for them. It's all about getting more out of your day, getting more out of your body, getting more out of your life, isn't it? So I think um, there's that side of things. I mean, there's still, there's still, there's still some really kind of brilliantly naff stuff out there as well, isn't there? So, I mean, I used to be really bad at life. If I started a book, I would finish it. But now, because I'm reading lots of different things, if I start a book and it's just like, it's too, it's too fluffy or it's too self-helpy, then I'll just be like moving on. Yeah, yeah. I had um, a lot of comments on the reviews in my books are, you know, it's not like a normal self-help book. You know, this is not like a normal self-help book because I think people have that idea, maybe an old-fashioned idea of what self-help books are, but actually there are so many amazing ones out there. That Yeah, and do you take that as a compliment when they say... Well, like... I don't know. I don't know whether to take it as a compliment or not. I'm like, it is self-help, but anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can we can we talk about book clubs as well? Because I suppose, mm. I don't know, is that another topic that has become very cool again? that maybe five years ago, people wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been a was, cool thing to do in London yeah, on a Friday night. Like, it was something for your mum, wasn't it, maybe before? Yeah. And I think isn't there, there's lots of research around that millennials are, are actually really digging like book clubs, knitting clubs. Um, I've got a friend, one of our um, shelf help hosts actually, works for Nike and they have sewing club now. And it's because it's that people, I think people are craving this kind of like a chance to just not be looking at their phone and to, to disconnect from technology, but to connect with each other. And so book clubs, um, yeah, anything. And when you're getting anything, you're getting together in a group and being creative. That's a really good way to do that. That's and so to committing to your to time to doing that is good. And there's also like the accountability level, isn't there? So, I mean, with shelf help, we kind of say we're a nearly easygoing book club because we just want you to come and benefit from the topics and the and and I'm really learning that. Uh, different generations will take in information in a totally different way like we've got some people that come to book club and won't have read the book but they'll have listened to the podcasts from the author or they'll have watched youtube or they'll be kind of learning around the topic and they just really want to talk about it but still that accountability of having a group to come to um every you know every month or however often you do it is really i think is really helpful to people it's really helpful to me like it makes me accountable i have this whole community now that so i have to be making sure I'm reading the books and only recommending things that I think, you know, are really helpful. Um, and I think also the way that we can share information now, um, it's like we have WhatsApp groups going on for our different, um, some of our different meetups. We've got the Facebook group, we've got Instagram where you can share the quotes. So there's like being part of a club has never been easier really, has it? Like that's, I know technology is, uh, there's, there's downsides to it, but it's also amazing and like brilliant that you can, find you can find your tribe and you can find other weirdos like you everywhere and then kind of come together and then again that's going back to like not feeling so alone but also it's really inspiring isn't it to kind of it's, it's so inspiring for me to sit in a group of people who've read the book or been interested in a book about say it was your book about anxiety everyone that's there is showing an interest in making their lives different and better so that being surrounded by other people like that can only make can only do good things can't it absolutely absolutely I suppose so so many people are lonely and we we're so overconnected on social media and yet 
there's some crazy statistic like 50% of 16 to 24 year olds feel lonely a lot of the time or something. Yeah. And um, I think we need that real connection and not just the connection that's sort of superficial, actually going to that deeper level and meeting people that are like-minded. And so, yeah, I think we do need to, to get out and connect and go to book clubs. And I love the idea of accountability as well, because yeah. it is all too easy to have a book and to not finish it. And I, a lot of people tell me, maybe they have anxiety and actually it affects their attention span so they can't yeah. sit down and read a book so maybe sure. it's about listening on audible or maybe it's just having that accountability that means you're more motivated more inspired to to actually read it and and that sort of yeah. thing and i think sharing ideas and sharing thoughts on something is is it just makes it even more powerful doesn't it so uh, even if you don't agree with the author or even if you don't agree with some of the concepts in it the fact that you can go and talk to someone who's as interested as you is just going to I think it's just going to make it more powerful and more impactful on your life for sure. Yeah. What What about your favourite self help books? What have been some of your favourites well, and why? I have a little pile here for you. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to choose one. I've got so I'm going to talk about a few maybe. Um, the Miracle Morning. Do you know this one? I've heard of it. I haven't read it. I need to read this. This is a, this is a life changer. I think this has been one of the favourites actually of book club because it's all about, I mean, it's quite a lot about habits. So yeah, the six habits that will transform your life before 8 a.m. So anyone who says they're not a morning person will obviously just recoil at that. Um, but it's it's so, it's literally, this is, this is one that kind of changed my life for sure. So he talks about savers, this is the, the author Hal Elrod, he talks about savers, which are six six habits to get into in the morning. So you're kind of starting your day in the right way, which I, which I totally believe that going into the day in a positive kind of frame of mind, feeling like productive, before you've even kind of started, you know, your day's work is such a way to have, have a better life, basically. So here's the six habits. Um, they're called the savers. So you've got S for silence, A for affirmations, V for visualization, E for exercise, R for reading and S for scribbling. So it's kind of like the idea is you do 10 minutes of each of those things um, kind of before your breakfast almost. And then the kind, the kind of the compound effect of doing those things is that you get into these habits of just framing your day or starting your day in this really positive amazing way so that's one brilliant, brilliant. um kindness method was one of our um our mutual friend shiru Rizardi. well yeah. now friend i basically read the book loved it stalked her <laughs> made her my friend <laughs> but we we covered this at, um in book club i think in august last year and this is again kind of kind of about habit change and it's about changing but mostly it's about changing your relationship with yourself and it's about how being kind to yourself it can change everything, which I totally believe now. I mean, one of one of the main things that's changed for me with self-help is that I actually kind of like myself now. Whereas before I just didn't. I did or I did never gave my time myself time to think about stuff like that. Whereas this book, it really kind of takes it takes it takes you back to look at your relationship with yourself before you try to start making any changes. Because if you're kind of feeling proud of yourself and positive, you're more likely to want to do good things for yourself. So that one I would absolutely recommend. And then two more that I've got here, um, The Untethered Soul, which I'm sure you know. Um, not too long, but, but basically another game changer, really kind of uh, anyone who's looking to get a bit more spiritual, I would really recommend this too. Um, it talks about the kind of the voice in your head and, and who is it and, uh, you know, how you talk to yourself. Like we all have that voice in our head that's maybe not so nice sometimes. So it's kind of like, I think he kind of 
likens uh, that voice to like the annoying roommate. So if you, if somebody's annoying you, you just don't listen to them or you move yourself away from them. But when it's in your head, then you have to kind of train yourself to stop, to stop listening to it, or at least to kind of be aware sometimes of that critic and realizing you don't need to listen to everything it says or you don't need to behave according to the, the, the kind of inner critic and then the last one I just wanted to tell you about or show you is this one first don't know if you've heard Ooh, of it I haven't heard of that so Scott this I think I love this one because so Scott Harrison is um he's now the CEO of Charity Water so he's doing amazing things but he was he was a New York club promoter for 10 years and he lived this like I think it's like in the 90s into the noughties in New York, he basically just got models and rich people into clubs. <laughs> he lived like the most hedonistic drink, drugs, girls, parties, that kind of life. Um, and then he, had, he woke up one day and suddenly was like, what am I doing? And had a total about switch and started working for charities. But then what he's now done is he started his own charity, but he's used his skill set from being this incredible event planner and organiser and connected person to create um a different kind of charity like the, the, he's the guy that kind of invented the give your birthday money to charity quite a few years ago and he basically kind of remarketed charity in a way to make people enjoy giving and to make it seem like a cool thing to do so he was using all of his kind of skill set as as new york's premier like premier club promoter to now do good in the world so i kind of feel like i'm not a club promoter but i feel like I, before I was like, I'm, I was this person then, I want to be this person now, but actually uh, at what I'm doing with Shelf Help is using all the skills that I've gained over my life as, you know, journalists, creating content, interviewing people, organising photo shoots, organising events. I'm pulling all that together now to hopefully make content that's and make something that's a lot more valuable and that people can really get a lot from. So I, quite, I think I quite relate to him and his story for that reason. Mm. So that's, that's some of my favourites. Brilliant, brilliant. Thanks so much for sharing that. Definitely a couple there that I'm going to be adding to my audible listen list. <laughs> Just in terms of kind of, I'm sure there's probably a lot of these things for you, but have there been some other big changes that you've made in your life as a result of reading self-help books? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's mostly kind of, it's actually probably mostly quite small practices that are adding up. Like, um, so the, yeah, the biggest change is how I feel about myself, that's for sure. Um, but then of that then feeds into how I things choices I make. So I haven't made any like haven't moved house or kind of totally changed jobs or whatever. But I think there's definitely small changes in my behavior. Like so I do my miracle morning when I can. So I'm like trying to meditate. I'm trying to journal. Um, I'm trying to do more things that I know are good for me. So kind of like getting a self-care routine. Uh, I don't watch the news at all anymore. So from going like a couple of years ago, I, I lived the news. So I used to be at my desk at 7 a.m. And, sh- and by that time, I should have caught up on the news from the world, you know, the previous night. And then I'd be in a newsroom for 12 hours. So it was like just constant, constant, constant. And I thought that was the best way to kind of, I don't know, be educated and be on top of things. And now I just I don't listen to the news and it makes me so much happier. And I just kind of I mean, I'll find out about stuff I need to find out about. Social media is amazing for that. Obviously, I talk to people. And but I mean, I read some stats saying or some information saying that if you're consuming news all the time, a it's got really negative bias because that's that's the nature of news. It's sensational. It's kind of like bad news. It makes the news. But also, if you're not actually able to do anything about it, it doesn't make you feel any better. So hearing all the stuff that's going on in the world yeah it's good to be educated and informed but unless you're then deciding to 
go and make a difference to the problems that you're reading about a lot or that are particularly upsetting you then actually all it's going to do is upset you bring your kind of like bring your energy down make you feel low and that's no good to anybody so I think making sure for me now is kind of I'm quite a bit more protective of myself protective of like kind of what I'm putting into my body as in what I'm eating I'm like I haven't been drinking for a while you know for like about four months and I think I've drank I've drunk twice but um I did the 100 day reset after a book I read called Sober Curious and um and so that's kind of that has become as a result of just kind of liking myself a bit more so being more careful and I'm more careful yeah about the news I consume or the media I consume I'm more careful about the people I hang out with and the, the things I say yes to like I said earlier I kind of I'll say no to stuff more now or or I'll actually before I commit to something know that I really want to do it so as before I used to overcommit to everything but that was a just that wasn't the nature of just trying to be just busy all the time because being busy is better than just being quiet whereas now I'm kind of like I need a bit of both you know yeah yeah so so powerful I think that idea about not watching the news for mm. most of us we don't need to watch it and it doesn't have a beneficial effect and it brings us down and it doesn't make us better people so that's, yeah. yeah I mean I was in the States recently and just kind of you know what in the airport just watching because it's there everywhere isn't it so we have to be really careful like online with social media even everywhere we are like there's there's inputs all the time isn't there so it's kind of I think it's up to us to kind of set the boundaries but just kind of watching seeing at the sports bars all the kind of like the blaring it's like so it's just kind of so in your face and it's like it's nothing positive so imagine so if you're choosing to kind of have that in your head all day over kind of you know then you don't have any time to like yeah a to kind of hear yourself or also to kind of think about the good stuff that's happening because there is loads of good stuff happening and there's lots of amazing people out there and there's loads of amazing things to get involved in but it's yes just kind of being careful isn't it about what you're taking in I suppose totally totally in terms of not drinking then how has that impacted you what have you noticed about that experience it's really it's really amazing actually I kind of because I've done it before like I used, I used to have this blog called detox retox which are kind of it's still it's kind of still how I live my life a bit but it used to be very much like 50 percent 50 percent and I used to like detox and then really retox so maybe I'd have I mean I think I can have quite good willpower like we all can when we really focus on something so I've done dry jan before or sober october or a month here and there um but at the end of the month I would always be like desperate like waiting for that last day to then celebrate all that <laughs> all that good work with the like big night on the booze so doing the 100 days which is like just over three months was a real game changer because suddenly it went from not just like eking out a month thinking I can do this I can do this like because everyone you can do anything for a month can't you to I just I don't drink now so it's just kind of taking out the equation which means you're not spending the time thinking you know what what should I drink instead it's just maybe you'll make different decisions about the events that say you say yes and no to and but um yeah I mean I think uh, in the book Sober Curious that I talked about um Ruby talks about FOMA which is like fear of missing alcohol and I used to be like a massive like FOMO <laughs> addict anyway so fear of missing alcohol and it's like I mean I think you, you don't you're not drinking either are you and it's I think for sometimes it's the idea of it that's worse I mean like I've been to I've been I did it over Christmas and New Year as did you and then and I went to some amazing parties and people would be talking to me at the party and saying well how are you going to do it at Christmas and I was like well I'm doing it <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here I'm having a nice time I'm like I'm talking to people I love and so I've really enjoyed I've actually I just I really enjoy getting the mornings back that's most of it and also the feeling of not 
just of not wasting time. I think before I kind of, I, well, I know I did. I used Friday night was always the big night out because the week had been so intense at work and so stressful. So that that'd be your big blowout. And then the Sunday night blues would sometimes start Saturday morning. So that like that's no way to live your life, is it? Work Monday to Friday just to live for Friday and then feel rubbish until Monday. So I'm kind of I'm loving weekends. I feel like they're like double the length and I'm just getting more done. And I just feel, yeah, feel feel really good for it. I mean, how do you find it? Good. Yeah, I'm feeling more inspired just hearing you say that. I'm feeling like, yes, I made the right decision. Yeah, I think <laughs> you need true. to find, like I wrote a piece and it was like, you know, how to do it or how to do it. If, because I think it's some, for some people it's easy, isn't it, to, to stop drinking or to stop certain habits because it wasn't a big part of their life. But um, for me, for lots of people I know, it, it's socialising around the bar or around parties or whatever is a big part of our, big part of our lives. So I don't I think what I've learned is don't just take that away totally so before when I maybe done a month off I've kind of sat at home alone moaning and thinking this is rubbish not drinking because it's boring but it's like that's just I was making boring choices so now I'm kind of like yeah in the piece I wrote I would talk about find you know find your tribe it's like um I'm kind of I'm making an effort to to hang out with people more who drink less and it's like and actually that makes sense because then the pressure's off isn't it it's not about that's not what the night's about or it's not someone asking you 10 times why aren't you drinking how do you feel about it because people are really interested I don't know if you've noticed this like even those even people who are drinking around you will really want to know why you're doing it and how you're doing it like some people have said to me you're so lucky you can go out and not drink and I'm like "It's, it's not lucky it's just a choice like everyone we've all got the same choice and I just haven't made that choice for a long time because for different reasons, you know, it's like, it's a coping mechanism, isn't it? It's a self-medication and it can be really fun, but there's ways to have a lot of fun, you know, without it. Like we on Friday, so we're going to go, our Friday date is uh, going to the um, transformational breath workshop, which is like old me would not be doing that on a Friday, <laughs> but I'm actually really looking forward to it. and really think I'm really like need that. That's yeah. like the best way I could spend my Friday now. You've got to, got to get your thrills somehow. So Yeah, you're going to go exactly. That's work. the thing, I think. You don't change as a person, do you? You're just changing. You're making different choices. And th- that book is really interesting because it talks about um, just like why we think booze is so fun. Because we do, you know, we use it to celebrate, celebrate anything. But for me, like celebrate, it's Friday. Or, at, I mean, I, like I said, I went to the States recently. I did a long haul flight and I didn't drink anything, which is the first time in like like as a grown-up going on a flight probably and I felt so much better like like my jet lag obviously was better just like I I arrived in a in in a new country feeling good not feeling kind of like hungover (laughs) and it was a real like it's like suddenly like wow why haven't I done this before yeah I think it's got to be about embracing the lifestyle and embracing it rather than thinking it's something you've got to get through but yeah totally yeah Yeah, exactly with that yeah it makes a big difference with jet lag actually just come to think of it yeah I had that experience when I went away last year yeah such a big difference and and also I mean the thing is though I don't want to not hang out with my friends who I really love and who I have a lot of fun with like I still want to go like I'm still going to gigs and you know I kind of I just can't last past 2am now so I it's kind of finding out ways to do things that are like I'm not saying I want to totally move away from what like what I was doing before but it's just kind of yeah having the the different choices I suppose brilliant brilliant can you share is there anything that you're struggling with at the moment and if so how are you how are you overcoming it um well I think 
like I talked before about being an undersharer, like what I'm what I'm struggle what I struggle with now is before I used to be like, well, nobody want no no one's interested in what I've got to say, so it's fine, I just won't say anything. Whereas now, because I, it's, <laughs> through my own <laughs> actions, I've created this community and I've created a big interest. So suddenly people are more interested in what I have to say, which is amazing. And I think I've got some good stuff to say, but I find it quite difficult sometimes to to kind of get the message across in the way that uh, that I want to. So I think it, just expressing myself generally and telling my story maybe, and also um, representing the idea of self-help and what it is as well as I can. That's, I find that's my kind of struggle. That's my that's my when I at the beginning of the year when I'm kind of like what does what does this year what do I want it to do like what's my not resolution but what's my focus and it really is to kind of maybe like get to the bottom of my story and be able to share it and also to be able to stand up in front of a group of hundreds of people and tell them what you know what's in here so I mean I know that's a little bit of technique and training isn't it and confidence which you can probably help me with <laughs> with your hypnotherapy but um, so I'm reading a lot about uh, I've been reading this. Uh, this there's a, a transformational speaking coach called Gail Larson. I don't know if you've heard. Oh, of yeah. That. Yeah. I've um, book. But have you? Yeah. So I've been listening to that when I was away. And uh, and she's amazing. And she's all, all it's all about talking from the heart. She's like, don't worry about, you know, making the eye contact or it's not about the techniques. But she's taught um, like Gabby Bernstein, Rebecca Campbell, um, Light is the New Black. And then also Ruby Warrington has been to her course. And I, these are the three women that I really look at and see them doing this amazing work and I think I wish I could be more like them so I think that's yeah something that I'm kind of getting over slowly but surely because it's important because that that's the thing it's kind of I almost need to kind of get out my own way to do to do it justice so that makes sense yeah yeah I think there's something so vulnerable about putting yourself out there in front of other people it's all of us fear judgment every single Mm -hmm. person even confident people deep down it's a survival mechanism that we want to be accepted and we want to be liked and it is a vulnerable thing to to share your story and to share your ideas and um yeah yeah it's it's so valuable for people and it's totally me I think it's because it's totally me it's totally my thing now well obviously your story is always you but I've worked for big big names like big titles so when I first went freelance people would say you know you'd go to an event and people say oh where are you from and I'd be like oh from Chiswick (laughs) but they don't mean that they want to know where you're from like which newspaper you're from which magazine you're from which company are you representing so suddenly when you're on your own and also you're going out there and it's kind of I'm asking people to come and share with me so I need to be able to share back right Mm, mm, mm. yeah totally and I think I suppose connecting to to why you're doing that is such a powerful thing I know it is for me just to because I have felt massive you know vulnerability sharing the things that I never thought I'd tell anyone I never thought when I was having panic attacks that I'd one day talk yeah. about my panic attacks with you know a couple of hundred people but knowing I'd that be actually, able to help them because of it exactly yeah so knowing that actually you saying that is helping someone else or it's helping them to speak up and tell someone or get help or know that it's okay to have therapy or read a self-help book. There's no shame in doing that. Such a yeah. powerful thing. So keep going, keep going. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> doing amazing. Thank you. So thank you so much for this conversation. I've absolutely loved it. So intriguing and helpful. Can you tell us where people can find out more about you and your um, book club and yeah. that sort of thing? Um, yeah, we're kind of so we've got a website uh, which is shelf help well www.shelfhelp.club uh, and then also uh, we're on Instagram we, and we're on Facebook shelf help club 
um yeah and like i'd love you to, i'd love to come and meet and you'd love you to come meet us and meet up um we're kind of like we're looking for hosts so we can start more meetups in more more areas that's for me that's the real magic of it and um, we're organizing more events also kind of um working on connecting people with these experts and therapists and coaches and healers because i'm really the part of my website that's the busiest is always the events page and what i'm really kind of getting a lot of messages about is people wanting to be people wanting help and not kind of knowing which way to go because obviously a book is for a lot of people it's just the start so yeah I'd love you to I mean get in touch with us that way and then um, we just want to be like kind of growing the community so you don't need to necessarily be reading the book to feel like you're involved um, there's some brilliant you know we've got a closed Facebook group which you can just apply to join it's kind of easy just let us know like what you like to read and stuff like that but then quite often people will just say oh I, like recently there was somebody asking for um, recommendations on books on loneliness. There's like about, you know, 15 messages of support from people who've been in the same position and then offering, read this, watch this, talk to this person. So um, yeah, like uh, that's, a, that, that's a great starting place, I think, yeah, the, to come to the Facebook page. Yeah, it's such a supportive group, the Facebook page, and really active. Oh yeah, you're in it. Check it out, everyone, check it out. Amazing, <laughs> I'll put all these links in the show notes. Thanks cool. so much for talking to me, Tony. And thank I'll, you. I'll see you Thanks later. We'll hang thank out later you. today. So thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed this episode with Tony Jones from Shelf Help Book Club. Thank you so much for listening. Please let me know what you thought of this episode. Come and find me on Instagram. I'm at Chloe Brotheridge. And I'd love it if you have a friend who you think would benefit from this podcast or this episode in particular. Take a little screen grab, text it to them, email it to them, tell your friends. Please help me to spread the word about how we can all become our calmest and happiest selves. Just another reminder that you can get a free anxiety busting toolkit if you head over to my website, karmau.com forward slash free, and I'll send you some amazing resources, worksheets, affirmation MP3s, meditations, and it's all completely free. You just head over to karmau.com forward slash free. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 